family, if you're a guest today, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad everybody's here. We're going to have a good time. Are you ready for the word today? Let's, let's do this. 2 Kings 7 and 3. Boy, I love this story. This is exciting. Are you ready? Are the young people ready? Are the children ready? This is a good one here. You don't need movies. Just read the Old Testament. Oh, Lord. You know, they're making movies about everything in the Bible these days, and I'm, I'm kind of thankful for that, but I'm also kind of scared because I don't think we're going to be able to watch some of them. You know what I mean? There's a few episodes we're going to have to skip, Song of Solomon, you know, so we'll have to skip a few, but... But boy, the Bible, the Bible has got all kinds of, of crazy stories. And so maybe this will make some of y'all want to read the Bible. 2 Kings 7 and 3. Now there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate, and they said to one another, they had a conversation to each other, why are we sitting here until we die? Everybody say, oh, there's trouble going on, and they are scared of dying. And they begin to talk to each other saying, why are we just sitting here? Why are we going to sit here and just give up? If we say we will enter the city, well, the famine is in the city. If we say that we go into the city at the gate, they're at the gate of the city. If we go into the city, we're going to die there anyway because there's a famine there in the city. So we're going to die there. But if we sit here, we're going to die here too. So we got a third option. The third option is, hey, let us go surrender to the army of the Syrians, which are currently attacking the city, and let's just surrender to them. Maybe, just maybe, they won't kill us, which is kind of what they did back in the day. They just kill everybody. Chances are pretty good they might get killed with the enemy. But they said, you know what? Let's just take our chances and live a little here, because either way, we're in a tough spot. Either way, we're going to probably die. So if I know that I'm probably going to die, then I'm going to go ahead and go forward. If I know I'm going to die anyway, I'm going to go ahead and just go out swinging. If I know I'm going to die anyway, I might as well just go ahead and march up to the enemy's camp and just see what God will do. And so they, they kind of had this, I would call that logical, not emotional. That's logical. That wasn't an emotional decision. They were just thinking through their options, and they thought, you know what? Either God's going to help us or he's not. But I'm not going to sit here anymore. I'm going to get up, and I'm going to go to the enemy's camp. So the Bible says in verse number 5 that they rose up at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. And when they had come to the outskirts of the Syrian camp, the enemy that was there to destroy everybody there, to their surprise, nobody was there. To their surprise, but not to God's surprise. For the Lord had caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots and those old feeble legs and the noise of horses and the noise of a great army. So they said one another, look, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to attack us. The Syrian army thought that there was a hired army that had been purchased to come in and sneak in the nighttime and destroy them. But that's not the case. Just four lepers walking towards them. Isn't that cool? That's a cool story, isn't it? 
Verse 7, therefore they arose and fled at twilight and left the camp intact. They didn't even take the time to pack up their tents, take their horses, which I probably would have hopped on a horse. And they just ran away. And they didn't even take their donkeys. And they fled for their lives because they were so afraid. They left all of their possessions behind. And verse Verse 8 says, when the lepers came to the outskirts of the camp, they went into one of the tents and they began to eat and drink because they were hangry. And they carried from it silver and gold and clothing and when they, and they went and hid it. Then they would go back and enter to the next tent and get some more of the same and they would go hit it. Well, they were just getting a savings account. They were hooked up. And that's just part of being the first one in the, in the, in the blessing. That's what happens when you're the first one to go. That's what happens when you're the first one to jump in the water. You get healed first. You see, sometimes you're the first one. You get the most blessings when you're the first one. Well, that happens in church, too. I don't want to start preaching yet, but, but when you're the first one, something special happens to people who are first by faith. And so they just took some faith, and they went out there, and they, God blessed them, man. God blessed them. And they got all this good, good stuff and buried it and saved it for later. They, they were smart. Well, they, they may have been lepers. They were smart. And so verse 8 says that when the lepers came, the outside of the camp, they, they, would, they would get this stuff and they would hide it. But look at verse 9. That when they, then they said to one another, they talked to each other a lot. You notice that? Yeah. For men, they tell us men don't talk a lot. These guys, they talk a lot, you know. So these guys are talking a whole lot to each other. And then look what they said. They said, we're not doing right because this day is a day of good news. And we remain silent. And if we wait until morning light, some punishment will come upon us. Now, therefore, come. Let us go and tell the king's household. In this moment of blessing, they realize they cannot contain everything God has given them for themselves. And they realize that the God that gave them the miracle, they cannot hold to themselves. Or that same God might judge them. And they recognized in that moment they needed to go back to the city that has a famine and spread the word that God has provided everything that they need during their famine. What a cool story. Because the story goes on to say that they did show up and they did tell the city. And the city was saved because of four lepers who knew that they were dead men walking. It's amazing how you look at life when you realize, I'm dying. Hey, look at your neighbor and tell him, you're dying. No, no, you are dying. You're dying right now. You are decomposing. Your cells are falling apart. And if you're over 40, you felt it when you woke up this morning. The blessing of old age is God wants you to realize you're dying. You can't shoot it like you used to. You can't run like you used to. It's the mercies of God getting you ready to die. I know you don't want to think of old age like that, but old age is a blessing because you get to know your time is almost up. And don't catch some of y'all by surprise. If you're over 60, you know you better get ready with Jesus because your body is trying to tell you you won't live forever. But even if you're a young person today, you're dying. In fact, I'll show you in James, and then we'll, we'll let you be seated. James 4 and 14. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. When you look at your life as it's going to be over fast, I'm dying, I don't have much time, 
no matter how young you are, you don't have much time. It'll be over like that. It changes how you function in this world. It changes what you go for. It changes what you do. It changes what you're scared of. And when you realize you're dying, you can't stop it, you start to ask yourself how you'll die. And once you get the revelation that you will, the second question is how. And today, I hope we all know we will. And now we're going to deal with the second one. How? You're either going to sit there, you're either going to starve to death, or you're going to get up on your feet and make one last push to the enemy's camp. And that's the word that God has for us today. Everybody say, dead men walking. In Jesus' name, you can be seated. I'm glad you're here. I personally love this logical conversation among peers who find themselves in the same situation. And I think what a blessing that it wasn't just one leper by himself trying to figure out this mess. I think there's a, a great power in not being alone in your problem. I think that it's incredible that you don't have to go through things by yourself. I think there's a little bit of strength when you can say leper one to leper number three, what are we doing? Leper number three looks at le leper number four and says, you know, he's right. This is stupid. I think there's some great ability and blessing in talking with our peers and letting them encourage us to say, you know what, this is kind of dumb. I think everybody needs somebody in your life that helps you talk sense to you that you're just sitting there waiting to die. Thank God for whoever the first one was to speak up and say, this is about the dumbest thing i ever seen in my life. Here we are sitting here about to die. And they began to have a logical conversation about their future. They realized they were lepers. They realized that they had a skin disease where over time they would just fall apart. Anybody ever felt like you're falling apart? And their life was falling apart. And things weren't good. And they were technically like outcasts in the city. And they weren't really allowed to be around everybody. And for whatever reason, they find themselves on the, in the gate, which is kind of normal for lepers because they weren't really allowed to hang out in the city. But they, they try to decide, do they want to take their chances by fighting their way into the city that they belong to, that they should go to, that they'd be safe in, or they need to sit here, or maybe option number three, maybe they should run into or give themselves to the enemy and see what happens. So to think things could not get worse, they're lepers, but not only are they lepers, but the city that would feed them is running out of food. So now they're lepers and they're starving. They're in a tough spot. They're in a really tough spot. The city is running out of food because they are besieged. The Syrian army has surrounded the city. And they cannot get out and go farm. And they cannot get out and go get food. So they are starving. It is so bad that in the previous chapter, we find where people are eating their children. It is so bad that we find that people are eating anything they can get their hands on. They're starving to death. And I just, I just got to say that, boy, when the enemy can't get to you, he can keep you from getting to what you need. And the devil does not care how he takes you out. 
Sometimes he doesn't even want to keep you, get into your city and take you out and kill you with swords. Sometimes he just wants to starve you out. But that works really good for us. Because the enemy doesn't need to get into the city where we feel safe. The enemy just needs to take over the, the supply chains of bread and grain. And eventually it's a slow death, but he will get us. When the enemy starts to get your prayer life and your outside source, when he starts to get your outside nourishment to prayer and to the Word of God, to church family, when you start to miss church, it's amazing how that slow death begins. And you'll begin to consume things you never thought you would. You'll begin to watch things you never thought you would. You'll hang out with people you never thought you would. You'll do things you never thought you would. Don't you ever get hungry. Because when you start to get hungry... You start to eat things you never dreamed you would. Stay full of the Holy Ghost. Stay full of your walk with God so that the things of the world are never appetizing to you. The siege is, the siege is working. The lepers are trying to figure out what to do. And I don't know the names of these four lepers because, after all, they're just four lepers. I'm sure they weren't really important in their day. But they, they got important really fast, didn't they? I don't know who spoke up first, but somebody spoke up and had the guts to say, you know what, I want to talk about my salvation. And as men, sometimes we get caught up talking about the weather, work, money, fishing, hunting. But I'm glad that there are men that still exist today that talk about our salvation. Thank God for some man in some men's group that says, can we pause the hunting? Can we pause the hobbies? Can we pause the weather? Can we pause the politics? Because you and I are in trouble, buddy. And if we don't work this stuff out, we're going to sit here and die. Every man needs somebody in their group to speak up and be a little bold and say, okay, what are we going to do? Because we are all in this situation together and we've got to figure out what we're, what we're doing. I like real talk. I like God talk, Andrew. I like God talk. I like to get together with brothers and talk about godly things. I like to talk about the kingdom of God. Some guys will tune you out. Some men they don't like that. They want to talk about something else. I like to talk about the Lord. I like to talk about his word. I like it when men talk to men about what they need to do to get out of their problems. I'm glad it wasn't their wife for once. Seems like it's always the women having to come up in the circle being like, you boys are in trouble. <laughs> but in this story, there was no wife, there was no sister, there was no woman coming up in their circle. It was just men who knew they were in trouble and they tried to work this out as men. Thank God for godly men that talk to men and say, you need help. I need help. We need help. I was listening to a podcast over the weekend. I like to have a steady diet of learning scriptures and things from this life. And one of the uh, podcasts I was listening to was an ex-Navy SEAL who was high up in the Navy SEALs. And he said something very powerful. He said, after every mission, us, us that were on the group mission that went out into the field would come back. And we would sit down before we went home to our families. And we would debrief. And we would all take turns talking about what we did wrong. God forbid we did that in church. We would all hate each other. We'd all feel embarrassed. We'd all feel judged. But the Navy SEALs have learned that if we can take ownership of our personal flaws, we can teach the brothers around us 
what not to do. And they would sit there in a circle, and they these grown men who just just killed bin Laden, just saved the whole world, they would sit there and say, I went down hallway number one, I should have went down hallway number two, that's my bad. You know why they did that? Because they wanted to make sure that the other people that were learning and watching would learn from their mistakes and not repeat them. Lord, help us talk to each other. Lord, help us talk about our weaknesses, our struggles, our difficulties, our battles. If you've been through something, you owe it to those in your circle to say, I've been through it. I've struggled with this, and you, and you can make it out. You owe it to someone when you're around them to not just talk about what you've got going on good, but what you're struggling with. Because you might find common ground that someone else has your same problem. And together, you can get up out of your situation. I like doing stuff together. How about you? I like not doing the only, I don't like being the only one to walk to the enemy's camp. It's kind of nice not being by myself when I think I might die. Kind of like having somebody by my side. I kind of like to have three friends with me when I'm going to go and do a big life move and a big faith move. It's nice to have somebody with you. So these four guys are talking about how we got to do something. And one of them speaks up and says, you realize if we keep doing what we're doing right now, we're going to die. That's some sense right there. If we sit here, we will die. If the famine doesn't get us, the leprosy will. What are we doing just sitting here? Well, what, where can we go? Well, I, I, what if we went to the city? What if we just went in these gates? What if, what if we did that? Well, why would we go there? There's no help for us there. They're dying. Hey, they might eat us. <laughs> y'all, y'all think that's, that's too far-fetched? They, they were eating people. Why would you want to go in there? Yeah, you're right. I don't want to be eaten. So what's our third option, man? Well, the Syrians got food. Right there. If we can make it there. We could eat. If we make it there and they don't kill us, we would live. And we want to live. That's our goal. I want life. I want to live. I want to be saved. And so they make their minds up that we know that we're going to die no matter what we do. We might as well take a chance of faith and go to the enemy's camp. Man, that's powerful. So they start marching toward the enemy. And the Bible says that God amplified their feet. And we know it's because of their faith. We know that Jesus said this. He said that you can dig down deep and search for even one single grain of mustard seed. Size faith. And you could move an entire mountain if you could just dig inside of you and muster up one little seed of faith. You could move any mountain before you. (laughs) 
So the Bible says that God took that little bit of faith and he amplified that faith. He amplified the marching and it made those four brittle, broken lepers' legs turn into the sound of horses and a mighty army to where it shook the entire ground. And the army of the enemy said, something bigger than us is on the way. Something stronger than us is going to take us out. We don't even have time to pack up. We've got to get out of here because there's something big. Notice the logic They made it make so much sense. If we sit here, we die. If we stay in this city, we die. But maybe, just maybe, if I can go forward, if I can go forward. And I want to ask this question today to a bunch of people who are dying. What do you got to lose living by faith? Why are we operating in fear? Why are we so afraid of the enemy's camp? Why are we afraid of dying when God is on our side? Why do we operate in fear when we can trust in our God and have some faith and see a miracle? I want to see the miraculous. I want to see the mighty hand of God moving in our city and in our families. But it does not happen if we sit here. It does not happen if we hang out with those who are starving. It happens when you get up off of your seat and say, I'm marching forward in the name of Jesus because at least there's hope there. At least there's a chance there. At least maybe. That's what faith says. Faith says maybe. Faith says we might. Faith says there's hope. Faith says there's a chance. Hey, you might not die. But I'm going to tell you right now, you stay here, you will. You stay in that city, besieged by the enemy, you will. The writing's on the walls. If you keep doing what you're doing, you know it's inevitable. You will die. You're alive right now, but you're dying. What are you going to do with those last moments? Because you know you're going to die. Something happens to us. when We begin to realize how short life is. Something happens to every one of us when we realize, you know what, I'm sitting here wasting my life, just going to clock in 8 to 5, eat, sleep, get up, do it again, and I'm living in fear, and I'm afraid of everything, and I'm afraid of this, and afraid of that. I'm afraid to talk to them, or go there, or do this, or, or I'm afraid to go to outreach. I'm afraid to teach a Bible study. I'm afraid to ask for the raise. I'm afraid to change my job. I'm afraid to move there and do this. We live in constant fear, and life is so short. The Holy Ghost is speaking to us. And God wants us to take some chances and not live so safe all the time. I was asking God, I was like, God, it's such a, it's such a paradox. I want to be safe. I want to be safe. And God's like, yeah, but you are. And I'm like, I'm not safe when I go out to downtown Austin. You're calling me there, God. It's scary. I'm not safe when you call me into ministry. Lord, I I know your track record. I've seen what you've done with people you've called. You let fish swallow people. Y'all, I would would, would die. I would say I'd kill myself. I I don't know if you'd be able to. In a fish, you'd just be like, but I mean, if I was in a big fish, I don't know, I would go crazy. I'm already claustrophobic. An MRI machine is basically Jonah and the whale for me. I'm reliving it. How many of y'all felt like a whale done swallowed you would take an MRI? You just go, in there and you're just like oh my word this is what Jonah felt like it's 30 minutes and I feel like I'm about to die 
God, I know your track record. When people sign up to work for you, you, you just let them go get hurt. Every time you let somebody join up with you, there's pain and suffering and problems and whales swallowing folks and crosses and dying and getting your head cut off. You know what? I don't feel very safe with you. And the Lord's like, the word saved in the Bible means to be saved. But that doesn't mean physically. I just, I just wanted to come get saved. Yeah, you are, eternally. Not physically. You know, we, we got this thing where we come to church, we're like, I came to church because I was going through a tough time. You're going to have more now. You sign up with Jesus, he's going to put you in something. I was struggling. I had a little ache in my back, and I came to church, and Jesus is like, take up the cross. So now I got a back problem, man. I got a cross to carry. I know how you roll, God. I sign up with you, and I got to go do all kinds of crazy stuff. And so we live in fear because we came to church for comfort. We live in fear because we came to church to get out of a problem. And it seems like we traded our problems. We've got different problems now. But listen, when the Lord saved you, you are eternally safe you're gonna die anyway you are gonna die before Jesus but you are gonna go to hell now when you die you're safe you're gonna go to heaven fear not those who can kill the body but fear those who can kill the body and destroy the body and the soul I got this revelation. I'm going to die anyway. I'm going to struggle anyway. I'm going to get pain anyway. I might as well get pain marching to the enemy's camp. I might as well get pain doing the will of God. I might as well suffer for Jesus. If I'm going to hurt, if I'm going to die, I'm going to die by faith. I'm going to die marching forward. I'm going to die doing the work of God. Somebody say yes. I'm going to die. I might as well be dying going forward. I might as well die doing something for the Lord. You cannot stop it. No, we, we do outreach. We go down here to East Austin. We'll go down and we'll love everybody. And then uh, the Twitter comes up on my phone and says, somebody just killed in East Austin last night. I'm like, that could have been me. I was right there down that road. Out there trying to love on people. White dude in East Austin with a nice Ford F-150 truck. I'm asking for trouble. Here I am. But you know what? I don't care because i got to go love those people. I don't care what they think of me. I'm going to show them what a real Christian looks like. I'm going to go out there and love them. Look, we're not afraid of anybody. We're not afraid of anybody, any spirit, any part of town. We're not afraid because our love is perfect. And perfect love cast out all fear so the Lord is sending us to deal with things that are scary but I'm going to die anyway Brandon God is calling you to do something scary I feel the Holy Ghost but you're going to die anyway and if you're right with Jesus there's nothing to be afraid of 
You can't stop death anyway. You can't stop death anyway. It's just a matter of when you die. I don't know when that's going to happen. It could be tomorrow. It could be tonight. It could be in 60 years. But you will. The, what matters is what will you do with what's left? You may only have one day. You may only have two days. You might as well get up from where you are and march on towards the enemy's camp in the name of Jesus because you never know what God will do if you'll get up from where you are and just start going. I have learned that what Jesus saves, he sends. And once he saves you, he sends you because there ain't nothing to be afraid of now. Now, I wouldn't want to go if I was lost now. I ain't trying to get shot and go to hell, all right? If somebody's going to go downtown, somebody's going to go witness to somebody that kills people, it needs to be people that are ready to go to heaven. I do not recommend getting on the outreach team if you ain't ready to go to heaven. Because it might happen to you. But you know what? When the Lord saves you, he sends you. Because now there's no more excuses of what could go wrong. See, we don't have an eternal view of God. We don't have an eternal view of God. We think that our life is just this time on the earth. Well, that's sad if you die when you're 20. No, there's so much more to this life. There's so, this, is, this is not our life. This is just this pilgrim passing through moment. This is just a season of my life. My life will be dancing around the throne of heaven one day. That's my future. That's my life. This is just my moment, my moment of faith. This is just my testimony, my story. So I'm going to die. Somebody say, I'm going to die. Look at your neighbor and say, you're going to die. What matters is how are you going to go out, church family? How are you going to go down? You're going to go down scared or go down with faith? Go down doing the will of God. Go down strong and mighty in the name of Jesus. We didn't get saved to be safe and sit still. Amen. Gloria a Dios, mi amigos. En el nombre de Jesús. I did not get saved and just sit still. That's why when God saves you, he tries to push you. And you're sitting here going, but God, I'm afraid. What are you afraid of? And nobody can touch you if God's got you. No devil can kill you if the Lord is with you. You can't die until Jesus says it's time to die. It's appointed in a man once to die. You look at the devil when he lies to you and say, it's not my appointment yet, devil. I've been appointed to die. You can't make it come before. You can't mess me up. I've got an appointment with death, and nobody can kill me. Praise God. Anybody feel faith in this house right now? Faith is rising up right now. I'm a dead man walking, and I'm going to serve Jesus with my last breath. The Holy Ghost is trying, has been trying to get some of you to, have, to make a bold move, and you're afraid. But I want to serve notice on the devil and tell you right now, I may be a leper, but I'm not paralyzed. I may be falling apart a little. I may be fragile. I may have some problems, but I can still walk. And as long as I can walk, I'm going to walk by faith. I'm going to go forward. I'm going to march. I'm going to push until I can't push anymore. I'm going forward. You don't have time to be afraid. 
much time we wasted being afraid of the dumbest stuff. Last night, I almost shot my ice maker at the house. <laughs> I had mercy, it scared the fire out of me, Lori. Sitting there, the kids went to sleep, and, you know, that somebody, somebody tried to break them, or they, somebody did break in the church last night, but somebody, somebody broke in the church last night, walked around, and had to call the cops and all that. And so I'm at the house, I'm like, are they coming for me too, Jesus? Maybe they didn't find me there. Maybe they thought I used to live here, you know what I'm saying? So I, the ice maker's popping off ice, and I'm sitting here just like, no, I'm a grown man. I ain't, I ain't getting scared of no ice, but it kept happening. I'm like, y'all, we don't have that much ice storage, okay? <laughs> and, man, you sit there, and, and, and you know what I'm thinking? I don't have time to be afraid. I don't have time to be afraid. Y'all, we're running out of time. You don't have time to, de to delay what God's been calling you to do. You've been delaying it. You've been putting it off. You're waiting for an opportune season. But the Holy Ghost sent me to tell you, be bold. Come on, make the move. Get up from where you are and do something. You've been delaying way too long. You're running out of time. Seize the opportunity. You've got a window before you. Stop being afraid. Well, I just want to make sure I'm in the will of God. You'll never do the will of God if you're afraid. Look, there is, there is a maybe I'll die in every will of God. Every time. You will never feel complete peace about the calling of God. It will never make you feel rosy all the time. Because when the Lord sends you, he sends you out on a mission that will hurt you some. It won't be easy. The will of God is not easy. The will of God is sometimes scary. But what am I afraid of? I'm already dying. I wasting time? Why are you wasting time? Y'all, there's something that needs to shift in your marriage and you're waiting. It will be tough. I know it will. But what are you afraid of? What do you have to lose? If you sit there, your marriage will get worse. Lord, help us today understand that we are dying, that life is a vapor, and time is short, and we have no more time to sit around being afraid. We've got to shake ourselves. We've got to wake up. Say no fear. No fear. This church has taken on a challenge in the last year of fears. And you know, my pastor told me when he preached here a while back, I mentioned to you before, I said, tell me. When you preached here, tell me what we need to do. And he said, you need to get your church outside of the church and be in front of broken people with the gospel. And I said, we tried door knocking, and not everybody will come. He said, I'm not talking about people coming. I'm talking about you going. He said, you need to go for you. No, he was right. Because anybody can say, come to church. It doesn't take any faith to do that. But only the people who have conquered fear get in their car and go where they are. Only the people who have conquered fear get in the face of evil, in the face of darkness. We are that church in Austin that will not operate in fear. We will not be held hostage by fear. We are the people that understand life is short, and we've got one shot, and we've got one opportunity to reach East Austin, to reach these cities, and we cannot be held back any longer. I'll even say it like this. I don't care if you are a leper. God will use you.
I just, I'm barely getting by, Brother Dale. The old back, the old neck, all the old funds, you know, the money, all the old family. It's just, I'm barely getting, I'm barely hanging on. It doesn't matter. If you've got a little bit of faith, then use it. I don't care how bad it is right now and what you think is falling apart. Get up from where you are and use your faith. God doesn't need a whole lot from you. You can't compare faith to faith. It was a big deal for those lepers to go. You can't compare your faith to someone else's faith. When you're a leper, barely moving is a big deal. Don't you look at someone else across the church and say, I don't have faith. No, where you are, you have to exercise your faith where you are on your level. It's always going to be a little scary, though. But we're conquering that spirit today in Jesus' name. Because life is too short to keep living in the mundane and comfortable. We are called to higher things. We've been baptized in Jesus' name. The blood is on us. We've got the whole armor of God on us. We've got the sword of the Spirit on us. We've got the shield of faith with us. We've got the name of Jesus on us. And you think I'm going to sit here afraid. Brandon, our city needs more people like you that get up and say, you can be healed, doctor. Sounds kind of funny, doesn't it? You can be healed, doctor. Dale, our, our city needs more men like you who say, let's go. Our city needs more men like Brother Chris who says, you know what? I could work on Friday and make more money, but I choose to go out there and put my money in God's hands and outreach our city on Friday. This won't be easy, but you only got one life to live, Chris, and you're living it up. We'll stand around Chris's casket one day, and we'll say, man, Chris could have had a big boat. Chris could have worked a lot. Chris could have had them Fridays making that paycheck, but instead he went downtown and started talking to people about Jesus. Live a little, church family. Come on, y'all. We're the people of faith. We're bold. We're not afraid. What is it right now that you are scared to do? Stop it. Somebody say, stop it. There is every one of us has something we're afraid of. It all shows up different. But why are we holding back? And we're so reserved and calm and, and patient. And I'm going to wait on the Lord. You shall renew my strength. You're using the scripture as a cop-out. You're afraid. I know that you are. But I've come to preach against that in Jesus' name and tell you, if you sit here, it gets worse. That's the word for someone in this place right now. And look, not everybody wants to, to eat. Not everybody wants to get out of the trouble. I've, I've been around long enough to know not everybody wants this message because some of y'all are content dying as a leper. But there are other people in this room right now that you want faith so bad because you want to get free of the darkness and the cloud on your head. You're sick of the bondage you're in. You're sick of feeling like you can't make the move God's called you to make. But I come to release you and loose you in the name of Jesus. Right now, I lose faith in the name of Jesus that you could rise up and say, I'm going forward no matter the cost, no matter the fear. I'm going forward in Jesus' name. have time. Pull up 2 Timothy 1 and 7, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. 
We are to be anxious or be careful for nothing, which means anxious, to be careful, to be anxious for nothing, but to trust in God. We like the verse 7. It's a very beautiful verse. You can leave that up there. 2 Timothy 1 and 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. And that's the one you put over, over your kitchen. And that's the one that you want on your t-shirts. And that's the one you buy at Hobby Lobby. That's the one you like right there. But, but why can't we, just for a moment, because we love the whole Bible and we need context, let, let's put up on the kitchen verse 8. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, where he died on a cross and suffered. <laughs> That's the, that testimony. Nor of me, his prisoner. That, that puts a better spin on it, doesn't it? Paul is sitting here saying, I've done nothing but suffer. But God has not given me the spirit of fear. I've been shipwrecked. I've been beaten. I, I've been hurting everything I do for God. It seems like to cause some pain for me, but, but God has not given me the spirit of fear. But he has given me power. He has given me a love. And he's given my mind a soundness to it to, to protect me from going crazy and going into depression. But he says in verse 8, but share with me in the sufferings. For the gospels according to the power of God, we will suffer. But we will not be afraid. We will go in the territories that will try to hurt us. But we will not fear. We will get back on the horse when we fall off and we'll ride again because we are the people of God. Life is short and we've got faith in our God to take care of anything. I lose faith in the name of Jesus today. I lose faith in the name of Jesus in you right now. There's a conversation you don't want to have right now and you're saying it's because I'm afraid or I don't feel the peace about it. There's some things that are just plain hard and you've got to still do them by faith. Kids are backslid, husband, wife, you don't know what to do, and it's fear holding you back. But God wants to lose faith inside of you because if you just sit here, you're going to die. We cannot be the people who sit still with the world hungry, with people all around us starving. We cannot be quiet with so many people needing us. We cannot be quiet with the city around us in famine. God wants to use us. God wants to use you. God is calling to the church right now to fear not, to go forward, and to stand for him. I lose faith in the name of Jesus. Would you lift your hands right now in this service? God, deliver us right now. Set a fire inside of somebody. Unloose a, bur a, a boldness inside of us right now today. Help someone right now understand, yes, it's been fear. It hasn't been a season. It's been fear. It hasn't been something else. It's been fear. I've been scared. I've been worried of the consequences. I've thought through it logically. But listen to me, ma'am, sir. You're going to die anyway. You've got one choice, one life to live. You might as well just do what's right and get ready for it because God is calling you to live a life of faith and boldness in the name of Jesus. Come on, what has God called you to do that you haven't done yet because of fear? What has God called you to be that you haven't been yet because of fear? I loose it in the name of Jesus off of you. The devil is a liar. God has called you. Get up from where you are and let's go take the territory of the enemy's camp.
He will go with you. He will walk with you. He will stand with you. He will turn your feeble bones into the armies of God. He will stand with you in Jesus' name. It's time to go to the city. It's time to go to the world. It's time to go into evangelism. It's time to bring people in. It's time to go out. It's time to love. It's time to preach. It's time to stand for Jesus at all costs. You and I both know we're living in the end times. You and I both know the rapture can take place any minute. We're running out of time and we sit here. We have a window before we die, Edgar. We have a window. We will not be able to delay this decision very long. We will have to act or die. And the question is, how are you going down? Because I've made my mind up. I'm going to go down reaching this city no matter what it costs. I'm going down reaching this area no matter the price. I'll sell everything for it. I'll give it all up for it. Whatever has got to be done, we're going to reach this city. God's called us to it. We're going to go down swinging. We're going to go down fighting. We're going to take our last breath laying hands on people. We're not giving up easily. We're going to have boldness in the church. I say fear not in Jesus' name. Somebody say fear not. Tell your neighbor fear not. Say it's going to be okay. Put your hand on their shoulder and pray in the name of Jesus right now that God will deliver them right now from the fear to make the move that God has for them. Come on, God's calling you to make a move and, and stop being so carnal, thinking about earthly things. Fear, get out of here in Jesus' name. I can't sit here anymore. I can't be still anymore. I can't be quiet anymore. It's time to act. It's time to move. It's time to push in the name of Jesus. It's time to minister. It's time to heal. It's time to be healed. It's time to speak. It's time to declare victory. It's time to rise up against the darkness. It's time to take the territory. It's time to get it today, 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 today. In Jesus' name. That's it, sister. That's it. Now is your moment. It's just fear. But we've got the power of God on our side. Woo. Come on, be loose right now from it. Be loose right now from it. Fear is holding you back from living a holy life. Fear is holding you back from standing for Jesus. Fear is holding you back from standing for the Lord. Come on, get ready to pay the price for Jesus. Woo. I feel faith being loose in this house right now. I feel faith being loose in this house right now. Come on, watch out the Holy Ghost encourage you in this place. My message is done, but God's trying to impart some faith right now to somebody. Time is short. Time is short. Life's a vapor. But God's called us, Brother George. Brother George, God's called you to go out there and reach people that speak Spanish. It's going to hurt, and it's going to be painful, but you're going to go. Because it's better than sitting still. Let me talk to our young people for a second while you're praying. 20,000 young people your age have died in America every year. They die. 20,000. It happens to young people. Life can be over just like that. Just like that. We were in a car wreck just the other day. Could have easily killed one of us. Could have killed that young lady. It's, you don't have time. 
The devil's a liar. You don't have time. Young people die. Young people die. And they've got to be right with God. You can die. I'm not trying to scare you. It's reality. You can die. And you've got to be right with God or you will go to hell or heaven. You right now are ready. If you're a teenager, you're ready to decide today that I want to serve the Lord. You can do it. Don't delay this service. Don't put it off. Don't do it till you're later and have kids. Now is the time of salvation. Today is a day of salvation. This is not the hour to wait. Don't be afraid of what your peers say about you. Listen, you, you, can, you can be a leper like everybody else. You can starve like all your other friends. You can starve like people on social media. You can starve like people out there in the world. Or you can be full. You can, have a, you can have a hole somewhere in the woods full of treasure. You can have something personal and private and real with God that no one can steal from you. You can have those, those beautiful things from God if you'll stand up by faith and walk with Him. But we don't have time to play around. Someone say we don't have time. It's serious, Edgar. It's serious, man. we got to reach the city, brother. We need you. We need you. Now is the time. Get out there with us. Edgar was out loving Austin with us, and he was helping us reach and love people. He hadn't even been in church very long, and he's out there with us because he knows where he came from. And Jessica, and they know that we don't have time. Every second matters. I'm going to use my life for this, Andrew. had the nice truck check I've done vacations check we've got the nice house check I've got the nice family check I can go out and get steak today check doesn't matter let me just tell you in case you hadn't been there yet it doesn't matter it's just vanity makes my life easier. I can get to places without breaking down. I can get a nice bath or a nice shower at night. It makes my ministry easier, but I can do without it. It's not my heartbeat. It will never be enough for you. I'm dying. I sit in my house and I look at it and I'm so thankful. I'm like, but I'm dying. I'm not talking about cancer. I'm not talking, I'm talking about I'm dying. I have just one moment and so do you. What are we going to do with our life? As Christians, we know that time is short. And sometimes because we get heaven, we do nothing. We're so selfish sometimes. Because we say, well, it doesn't matter because if I die, I go to heaven. But, but think about the city. Because the Bible says that when they went and they caused that massive victory and the Syrians fled, they went back and told the city in famine, there's plenty of food for you. And the leper's faith brought revival to the broken city. They said, I cannot keep this to myself. They said, I cannot keep the goodness of God to myself. And they were wise enough to acknowledge that some bad thing will happen to us if we get this such this great salvation. If we do not tell others about it, we will lose everything God's given us. You know what I have found from church folks? If you're not on the side that goes out to get people to come in, you're often on the side that doesn't stay in the church. And I have seen many people backslide because God gave them treasure never gave it away to anybody else. You 
cannot sustain that kind of walk with God. Just taking all the time and not giving out. Life is short, Brother Matthew. We got a city to reach. God is bringing them in by the thousands to this area. Tesla right now has about 10,000 employees. They think they can get about 20 to 30,000 employees right down the road here. This place is booming. The roads are getting fixed. They're coming to us. Uh, who cares what you think about open borders? They're coming right now. And as long as the border is open, we've got to reach them and love them, Georgia. We've got to preach the gospel to them. And every day, people die. We lost four people at Oasis, one of our outreach places. We've got one opportunity, one window. Just get off where we are. Get up and be bold for the Lord. Whatever it is that's holding you back, that you, let me just say it like this. If you know something is right and you're not doing it, it's because of fear. Because you know that righteousness has a cost. Chris, it costs us to be right with God. It costs us suffering and pain. And that's why, that's why, that fear is gone. I have perfect love. Because my perfect love for Austin takes away all my fear for him. That's why you can endure the marriage and you can endure the people that you're with. Because if you love them enough, you're not afraid of them anymore. Not afraid of how they kill you. Not afraid of how they hurt you. Because perfect love casts out all fear. God wants us to do some crazy things. God wants us to move some things in our lives. God's calling people right now to do something radical. Unheard of. I'm so glad you're here, Terry. Because you look like someone that would do something radical for God. You look like somebody that would go out there on the streets with us and preach Jesus with us and drive a bus and pick them up. Hey, we said, God, send us somebody that can drive a bus. Terry said, I've been driving a bus at the last church I was in. I love driving a bus. It's going to cost you, Terry. You won't get the breakfast taco if you drive in the morning. You'll get a whole lot more than that. Ten faithful people that love God that can't get here without you, and they'll be like so grateful for you, Terry. But your love for them will cost you. Come on, God's calling our church to be delivered from fear, and there is a lot of fear. Don't, don't. You can play the game if you want to. I'm telling you, it's real. It's real in this church. People are running from this area. They're so scared. Not us. Not me. I'm not running from any of you, and some of you may try to scare me. I'm not scared of you. I love you too much to be afraid of you. Don't be afraid of me either. Love me too much to be afraid of me. God is calling you to do something radical before you die. Do you hear me right now in the name of Jesus? Lift your hands. What is it that God's called you to do and to be? You got one shot. Make the move. You got one shot, be the man. You got one shot, be the woman. Yeah, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, no, live a little, live a little. You've got abundant life inside of you. You're already saved. What are you afraid of? There's nothing to fear. Let's rise up and preach. Let's rise up and love. Let's rise up and be for Jesus.
God's calling us. He's going to send out missionaries from this church, evangelists from this church. He's going to raise up leaders in this church. I will not fear people. I will not fear people. I will not fear the devil. We have all victory in us. We have all victory in the name of Jesus. Come on, I cast it out right now. You ain't going to have no more fear, Brother Diego. Lead this youth group with no fear. Preach in the name of Jesus. Pray in the name of Jesus. There's no fear, Sister Becca. Come on. God is for you. Who can be against you? Let's get a revival of the youth. Let's reach this city. Let's bring them in by the hundreds and thousands. There's young people that need you. Let's be bold. Let's dream bigger. Let's get big vision right now. Come on. Let God expand your vision right now. Let God expand your dream right now.